Welcome to CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Mabra. This is your one-stop shop to learn the business side of your practice on a deeper level. On this show, we empower you to own your CEO status to scale your practice for growth, sustainability, and profit. Listen in as we talk about how to market your practice to gain more visibility, hire, build, and engage your ride-or-die dream team, create streamlined operations, and make financial decisions as a CEO. It's time to show up as a confident leader to create a practice and life you love. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. It's Brandy Mabra here, and I am excited to talk to you about today's conversation. So we are actually taking you inside of a speaking engagement that I recently did for the Profitable Practice Summit with the standout therapist and Megan and Tara were amazing to work with. So I definitely want to make sure I give them a solid shout out, but it was really fun just to talk about how to navigate your practice in any economic climate. That was my topic. And it started because I was asked to do this because I am an OG, you know, the original gangster of the recession of 2008. And so that is a tidbit that's on my website. Not many people talk to it, but I always talk to how I've been able to work in different economic climates and business climates throughout my years. And recession is one of them. So when all this recession talk came about and inflation and everything else too, I wasn't really too nervous for the, for the clients that we work with because I've navigated it. And one of the things I said, even in the training, and one of the things I, I believe I've said, whether on this podcast or just as I'm showing up teaching, is that healthcare is, I don't want to, I never want to say it's, it's recession proof, but it is one of the industries that is built for recessions or any kind of economic climate or any kind of economic downturn. Um, it's definitely built for when things are great, but it's also built for when things can go sideways. And so we saw that with the pandemic. And one of the things that happened is a lot of practices, if you notice, and even with a lot of the clients that I work with, it's like, well, I opened up in 2020, I opened up in 2021, or my practice grew in 2020 and 2021. And a lot of it was because of, of the pandemic, right? And so one of the things to be true is that as we're navigating different economies, especially in today's economy, where prices are increasing, you know, it seems like depending on who you talk to, we're in a recession, or maybe we're not in a recession because we haven't gone two quarters of of whatever. Um, You know, some folks are saying they don't, you know, the President Biden doesn't want to announce a recession because he's going to be running and he doesn't want to be the president that put us in recession. I mean, there's so much stuff. There is so much stuff. So at at the end of the day, one of the things I know to be true is that you have to run your business accordingly, right? And so when it comes to healthcare, We know that anytime people are stressed, then that's going to impact them emotionally, mentally, physically. And so with that, what's on the other side of that, this something is wrong, right? Whether if it's depression or anxiety or high blood pressure or heart attacks or strokes, you know, a lot of those things, cholesterol problems, you know, eating problems, like all of those things that can definitely stem from stressful times or, or times that are not the best. And 
we feel that in healthcare, right? And so a lot of what we what's on the other side of that are people reaching out, people wanting to get help, schedules getting full, um, and ultimately practices make more money, you know, and so it's a catch 22. But I want to make sure that you are set up from from a revenue standpoint. And so part of the reason why they asked me to do this training is because it's business. And so you have to still navigate it. And so there were some really great tips that I gave, we talked about best practices inside of the summit, um, you know, things that you need to look at within your practice. But at the end of the day, what I want to make sure that I get across is that a lot of what I talked about is just business one-on-one. You know, it goes back to the basics of what you need to do when it comes to your practice, when it comes to marketing, financials, hiring your team, making sure that you're communicating what's happening, being transparent and realizing that you can navigate any economic climate truly if you're paying attention to the right things and you're owning that CEO mindset as you're navigating it. So when it comes to economy, there's usually, and what you'll hear inside of the training, there's two types of terms that I'm really going to speak to, and that's recession inflation, because that's what's happening now. Um, and so again, with recession, no one has actually said we are in a recession. We've been talking about recession for what I feel like at this point in time, gosh, almost like two years, year and a half. And no one has come out and said that we're in it. What we do see is inflation, right? So all of us are seeing our rates increase, our prices increase. And it makes me think about a couple of years ago, we went and we went to Hawaii for the holidays for Christmas. And so where we stayed at, we had like a kitchen and everything else too. So that way we can make like Christmas cookies and, you know, do the whole thing. Um, and so we went to the store, me and my significant other, and it was milk. Like we were looking at milk and we were like, oh my goodness, like milk's like $9, like over $9 a gallon here. And so fast forward a couple years or, you know, now we're in the store and, you know, milk is, is expensive. Everything's more expensive. But at the same time, what I want to make sure that I don't do is I don't put any fear inside of you, right? Because the clients that we're working with, they are experiencing growth. They are experiencing um, making more money. They are navigating this time well. And so when I see that, then I'm like, okay, we're good. We're good. You know, and so outside of maybe what's happened just trend wise for industry, you know, especially with the summer slowdown, a lot of folks are starting to pick back up. But when you think about summer slowdown or you think about what happens during the holidays, those are just normal things like the time where where people are maybe paying attention or doing other things. And that's going to happen year after year after year. When we're talking about economy, we're talking about things that are outside of the norm. Right. So going back to like 2008 recession where there was like mad layoffs, um, you know, a huge economic downturn. You could see it in the stock market, like all of those things that's outside of what is just my schedules aren't full because people are taking summer vacations or my schedules aren't full because people are spending time with their family for the holidays. There's a difference. And so either way, I want to make sure that you're set up for success. So inside of this conversation, you'll get some really great nuggets. You're going to hear some really great information. 
um, what you can do also to help you and what's a really great partner for this is in any economic climate, regardless of what's happening, one of the best things that you can do is always make sure that you're marketing your practice accordingly. So whether if you are in that still in that solo space, or if you are, you know, I have multiple providers, how you're marketing, what you're doing as you're showing up is very powerful. And so I do talk to that. You know, one of the things as I talk about is a practice performance dashboard. And so you do have an opportunity in the show notes to go ahead and purchase, if you would like, the market your practice training, which gives you um, the marketing part of that practice performance dashboard. So that's going to be listed. And that is also what folks who were part of the summit, what they got as an opportunity to help them with their practice. Um, and then also to just being part of that summit. So enjoy the training as usual make sure you take a listen go back take notes and make sure that you are definitely implementing things i just had a deep dive with one of our clients and you know it's like in between the time where you say yes that you want to work with me there's questionnaires that you go through you pull you know definitely documentation and then we sit down and go through your practice in order to develop your action plan and I was so excited because part of what she was doing was she was listening to the podcast and she was also, you know, taking in, you know, just a lot of the information that was part of like our, our practice, um, our private practice health assessment and listening to the podcast, taking notes and everything else too. And so she came to the call and she's like, yeah, I just brought in an additional $6,000 into my practice, all because she started to implement some of the things. So I want you to recognize that even if you listen to this, to this podcast, or even if you go to my website and download some of these tools and definitely implement them, you're going to see transition. You're going to see transformation within your practice and within yourself. So I want to just say thank you so much for the continued feedback. Thank you so much for being part of this, this journey with me and listening. And I'm happy, I'm so happy that this is definitely resonating and it's helping people, right? And so that's my mission, that's my vision to make sure I'm setting you up for success. So enjoy this training. Of course, if you need any help or any additional support, I am here for you. Um, you know, there's always, ways that you can work with me inside the show notes as well. And so all you have to do is just reach out and I'm always ready. So enjoy the episode. All right. So today's chunk of information is going to be about best practices. We're going to dive into a few of those and make sure that you are set up for success as you go back and implement those best practices, um, you know, in your business. But I'm going to make sure that you're set up with tools this isn't going to be a presentation where I'm just kind of giving you the how and not the what or the what and not the how or whatever they say. I want to make sure that you are set up for success and that you actually walk away with tangible action steps that you can take back to your business. All right, so let's talk about number one. Know your numbers. And I say that not just for the revenue that's coming in or the cash flow and the expenses, that's point number one, but for you to get comfortable with your money holistically, right? So a lot of times when we are showing up in our practices with certain money mindsets or certain money habits, it actually stems from our personal life, right? And so if we are feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm at the gas pump and how much is gas? Or if you're, again, going into the grocery store and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't want to spend, you know, $5 or $6 for a gallon of milk. 
Um, if you are coming from that perspective, I do want to ask you, how are you showing up personally with your money? What are some of the mindsets that are happening with you when it comes to your money personally? Because you are going to take that same mindset. Remember, you're the same person. <laughs> you want to take, potentially take that same mindset, those same habits into your business. So knowing your numbers in a, in a deeper way is important, is important personally and professionally, and especially as a business owner. One of the things that you can do is you can develop key performance indicators, um, which is really critical, or KPIs when it comes to your money. And I will say you can't just wing it, you know, not during an economic, potential economic downturn. You want to have a really good understanding of your numbers in good economy, and like in a good economy, and also in an economy that might be struggling, right? And so going back to my journey, even 2008, I developed a really close relationship with our accountant, you know, making sure that I understood our numbers, what is our budget, what's forecasting, how many visits do we need, you know, what's the productivity needed by my providers, um, getting really, really comfortable with where the money was going out, do we still need this, is it a requirement, you know, and so oftentimes during the, when money feels hard or financial seem off, it's easy to shy away from it compared to just tackling it. So a couple of the things I want you to make sure that you're doing is taking the time to look at your financial reporting. So hopefully, if you're listening to this, you have a bookkeeper or you're getting profit and loss statements every single month. Um, you need to also analyze who is your financial partner, right? So you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success and working with a good CPA, not just a CPA who's helping you with the taxes. That's one type, but a a really great accountant who is there for you, who's going to teach you more about money, help you make financial decisions as a CEO, make sure that you are getting your reporting every single month, you know, someone who is sitting down with you and someone who you can strategize with when it comes to the practice, right? And so understanding this is, is definitely important. We do have clients who come to us who maybe have a bookkeeper. Um, maybe that bookkeeper isn't as strong. So if you're working with any financial partner, they have to be a strong financial partner and you have to be confident in their skill set. Part of the work that we do with our clients is to, making, is to make sure that they understand their money. So that way, when they get with a financial partner, it's not just blurred lines or they're just taking what that financial partner is saying as truth. And this is why you need to know the ebbs and flows of your practice. You need to know the ebbs and flow of your revenue. You need to really get clear on what your expenses are. Where's your money going? The productivity of your providers. If you have multiple, multiple providers, the productivity for you, you know, as a practitioner. And so it's important for you just to get comfortable with the financials picture of your practice. Okay, close attention to your staffing models is the other part of knowing your numbers, right? And so whether if you have an administrative assistant that might be helping you, or if you have additional providers, regardless, they are your greatest asset. I will say, oftentimes, once you start to dive into the numbers, you're looking at the money piece, there's two main expenses that can feel very heavy. If you are in a brick and mortar practice, it would be your rent or your mortgage, or it's going to be your team. So oftentimes what happens is you look at, like, where can I start to save? And you start looking at that team aspect of the practice and it seems like, oh, this makes sense. I'll just lay off my admin or I'll just stop using a provider. And you want to make sure that that is the last thing that you do, right? You want to make sure that at the end of the day, you've gone through and you've looked at everything before you even cut back on your team. And that was one of the things that I did 
do really well, even during the 2008 recession, is I held on to my team. I might have needed to cut back on their hours. So let's say somebody was working 20 hours, they, they went down to 15 or from 40 hours, I was trying to keep them closer to 36. And that was just to save time, but also to make sure from a budget standpoint that we were set up for success, but I didn't want to lose the team. Why? Because you need them. If you let go of your team, then there's work that is being done every single day. That work either is going to fall on you as a business owner, which puts you in the weeds of, of your practice, which is not a good place to be because you'll lose money that way. Or that work's going to go on to your other team members, which can lead to burnout. It can lead to stress. It can lead to turnover. And all of those things are just going to put you in a, in a um, potentially worse financial situation. So that's why it's important for you to pay attention to the numbers, but also make sure that when you're looking at the bigger numbers, which is usually with your team, you're not jumping instantly like, oh, I'll just get rid of that expense and it'll be fine. No, it will not be fine. You want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success. And again, that's why it's so important for you to know your numbers. All right, best practice number two is understand your market. So just like I was saying earlier, when I go to the grocery store or when I go to the gas station or when I am in a place of feeling financially like, oh my gosh, and all the world around me is talking about like, did you see how much Oh my goodness, or did you, I went to the store and everything feels so expensive? Then that's where your clients and patients are too. So one of the best things that you can do is understand your market, right? So what's happening with your people? <laughs> what's happening with those that, that are coming in, coming into the practice? What are they saying? What are they watching? What habits are 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 potentially you know taking place? What conversations are they having with with the provider? What conversations are they having with you? What conversations are they having if you have an admin who's answering the phone? Like getting really clear on what is happening um, is important. And that is part of understanding your market. So I know during hard times, people clench onto their pocketbooks. You know, they, they are really hesitant to spend money. So you have to be aware of that. And you have to understand that that's normal. But from a practice perspective, from a business perspective, you have to address that, right? So as a, an ob objection or an obstacle, you have to make sure that you are, again, speaking to the pain points when it comes to your marketplace and talking to it. So pay close attention to why folks are moving forward and why they aren't moving forward. So some of our clients, we work with both cash pay uh, clients, all practices, and then a hybrid of cash pay and insurance. And then we work with some folks who are just pure insurance. And it's just because they have take so many, they're part of so many different panels, the insurance piece outweighs even self-pay. So those are kind of the payment models that we work with. I will say that for some of my cash pay folks, depending on the demographic, because we have cash pay practices, they're doing very well, you know, wait lists. Um, hiring additional providers, you know, definitely setting themselves up for success. And then we have had some cash pay practices that have had a change, you know, that are now moving towards panels. Why? Because they're listening to their people and they're understanding their market. So it's important for you to not make any rash decisions. One of the things I will say is pay attention to the data, definitely look at the data and what is the data telling you? One of our clients got really creative. She now has a insurance-based location and a full self-pay location. Why? Because of the demographic, right? And the area that the, each practice location is in. 
So that's really listening to your market, right? So where the practice where it's all insurance, she knew if she were to pull out of too many panels, it was going to be too much financially and she didn't want to absorb the hit, but she did want to incorporate and diversify the kind of money that was coming in. So her second location, she went ahead and didn't jump on any panels for that location and it's all self-paying and it's doing well. So at the end of the day, when you understand your market, uh, both again, in good times or bad times, then it's going to allow for you to make certain decisions in order to make sure that you are surviving. All right, so here are some questions to ask yourself. You know, what questions are, are your clients and patients asking when calling to make appointments? Is there a different way you can serve your clients and patients, right? So if you're looking for maybe additional ways to diversify your revenue, or to bring in additional funds, then is there anything that you think would complement your current population, right? So I know for the folks that we work with, they like wellness. I know for even going back for my practice history and my experience, we were always looking for ways to either bring in like an ancillary service or to enhance the, the services that we were already providing, getting really clear on our coding and making sure that we were documenting everything and so at the end of the day, is there a different way you can serve your clients and patients, right? And so to go back to what I was saying, collect the data, you know, pay attention, put yourself in your client and patient shoes. You have to know your market. There's no other way. You have to know your market. So these are two questions. Go ahead and write them down that you can ask yourself, you know, ask your team, see what, again, what conversations are happening that maybe you might not be privy to. The other thing of knowing your market is to market more boldly, right? And so a lot of times what you do have to do during uh, harder economic times is get more visibility, you know? So during the pandemic, using that as an example, a lot of practices were okay, but there was a lot of excess cash too that we were receiving because of, because of the economy and just what had happened. So at this point in time, a lot of that funding, a lot of the extra money has dried up, you know, and so folks are really living on their paychecks, they are living on whether or not they still have their job, there's not as many layoffs as what there was prior, which is good, so that's another sign of, of economic strength. However, you do have to make sure that you are paying attention to the market, but also putting yourself out in front of more people. You might find that just listing your profile on like a psychology today or an internet directory isn't going to cut it, right? You might have to do more online marketing, offline marketing. So some of our clients are doing podcast interviews, being a little bit more heavier on social media, attending events, especially during this time of this training, it's summertime, right? So there's a lot of local events, getting embedded with their community, making sure that they are having additional conversations with the referral network, building a bigger referral network. And so it's all to set you up for today, but also what's going to happen is even as we navigate past this, you're going to be really set up because you're putting yourself out there in a more bolder way. So anytime that you're marketing more boldly and enhancing your visibility, it's always going to help you improve your bottom line. The other thing too is not to forget to keep your clients and patients happy, right? So you want to make sure that they feel supported. This is also part of knowing your market and look at your practice as a necessity. You want folks to look at your practice as a necessity, not a luxury when, it, when spending their dollars, right? So you have to remember, especially for folks who may have been laid off, they need services, right? They need definitely to be put in a place of, of getting help and they might not have the funds compared to 
other folks who might be kind of on the fence, you want to make sure that not only are you going after new folks, you want to make sure too, if you have a current panel that you're leveraging that panel and that everybody's happy that's coming into the practice. So that way they'll continue to spend their hard on dollars with you. All right. So best practice number three is analyze your operations. So the effectiveness and efficiency are key. This is probably the less sexier topic, but it's so important because chaos costs you time and money. I've been hired by multiple practices where the money's coming in, you know, millions of dollars coming in, but the operations were awful. You know, it, they weren't very efficient. The team wasn't happy. The practices weren't profitable. And so your operations really matter. And so you want to make sure that you're paying attention to not just the what you're doing, but how are you doing it is so important. You want to analyze your workflows. And one of the best ways that you can do that is asking yourself a question. How do I feel when I'm working in my practice? If you are feeling like it's hard, or if you are feeling it seems like it takes a long time to do certain business activities. If you are behind, one of the things that definitely jumps in is documentation for you or your providers. Um, you know, if it takes a long time for you to get back to clients and patients, all of those things are red flags for potential problems with your operations, your processes and systems. So you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success and your practice up for success by asking the questions, how do things feel? Do they feel clunky? If they do feel clunky, where is that at? Especially around the money, right? So if you are not billing appropriately or there's a delay when you're billing, one of the things I will say is best practice and what I know to be true is you want to make sure that you're on top of your billing every single day. Every single day. I know that there are times where folks are, you know, there's like the one week um thing like we bill once a week i'm going to say during times like recession times or where recession's talking no you need to go ahead and do your billing every day so um if you're able to do that that's one of the best things that you can do because if not it if it's denied or if there's um additional information that you need to get or it's reject like reject like all of those things can definitely cause a delay on top of a delay so you want to make sure that you're as efficient when it comes to your practice to your business practices and your workflows processes and systems in order to make sure that the money is coming in the door so you want to identify any bottlenecks in your practice look at your processes that stop with you because someone needs your approval this is something, especially if you have a team, if you are by yourself, then everything goes through you anyway. But if you have a team, even if it's an admin, uh, you want to make sure that they have the resources that they need to be successful. One of the best things that you can do is to make sure that your SOPs or standard operating procedures or, and your PMPs, which are your policy and procedures, are all set up for the team success and your success. If you were in a place where everything has to be approved by you or needs to come across your desk or they're asking you a lot of questions, that's going to cost you money, right? And so you want to make sure, again, that your practice is well-oiled. I know for me and my experience, there was times like where staff literally was working 40 hours plus of overtime because they were waiting on me to answer a question or they were waiting on me to do something, to approve something and they couldn't move forward. So it was truly causing unnecessary stress, additional dollars that were being spent that didn't need to be spent. 
Um, you know, I was stressed because I'm looking at the financials and I'm looking at the budget and I'm seeing like, why is my team working so many hours? And so one of the things that you definitely can look at is what are you doing? You know, what are you not allowing your team to do and making sure that you're setting your team up for success and being empowered to help you more within the practice. So best practice number four, and one of the best things that you can do ultimately is just be prepared, you know, own your CEO status to understand the business side of your practice on a deeper level. Make sure you take the time to look at your practices performance from a higher level. So at the end of the day, you have to be comfortable in your business, right? You have to learn how to run it. You have to learn how to manage it. You have to learn how to lead it. All of these things cannot be avoided, especially, especially if you are at a place where money is coming in, you are actively seeing folks, like you have to learn how to run a business. At that point in time, your business is a company. And even though we love, we love, we love, we love to embrace being an entrepreneur and we can come up with all the ideas and, and we might not like structure and all of those things, you need to have structure within your business. You know, you cannot have a healthy, sustainable business in a thriving practice if it's just kind of like whatever, you know, at some point in time, it's going to catch up with you, whether it's in the taxes that you're paying or, you know, how you're paying yourself or the how many hours that you're working, or if you start to bring in folks like your team, how they're moving. So you have to make sure that you take the time to understand it and to check in on it, right? And so schedule time, you know, schedule CEO time, schedule a date with your practice, do a business health check-in. I don't care whether if it's one hour a week or if it's a week at a time, you know, we have our clients who do different types of things. I know for me and what I did and what I do even actively in my business now is I had special days assigned for certain things. So I was looking at my financials on certain days of the week. I was doing more marketing activities on certain days of the week. I was look, taught, having team meetings on certain days of the week. And so you want to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success when it comes to your practice and just taking the time to run it, right? So especially if you are in that stage of growth where you're still actively having to see folks, right? So if you are not at that stage of growth where maybe you can pull back, then you have to just schedule extra time, right? To make sure that you are taking the time to run your practice. So every time is the right time to set up and be the leader your practice needs, regardless of the economy. So this is important during down times and it's more important during struggling times. And just as a reminder, your practice can thrive during this time if you set the practice up right and plan accordingly. You can definitely do this. So I hope that this conversation was helpful for you, um, you know, and so there is ways that you can navigate the economic climate, good or bad, especially when it comes to recession time. And oftentimes it's getting really clear on, on at the end of the day, what's happening in the practice and starting to dive into that. If you need have any questions, don't hesitate to let me know. But I am rooting for you. I am cheering for you. And thank you so much for having me. And remember, remember, your practice can do well in any economy as long as you are coming from that place and re recognizing the opportunity that you have in front of you and getting to know your practice on a deeper level. Now, before you go, if you want to know more about what it takes to grow and scale your practice to a million dollars, join me for my brand new training called The Million Dollar Practice. Inside this training, I'm giving you a firsthand behind the scenes look for what it takes to grow and scale your private practice to seven figures. Between working with the multiple seven figure practice owners and helping our clients to make more money, 
and using my 15 plus years building, growing, and leading multiple multi-million dollar practices, I've got some juicy things to share to help you to have a million dollar practice of your own. All you have to do is go to SavvyClover.com slash million dollar practice to register today. I'll see you there.